I have been looking forward to this podcast because I was very anxious uh, to really, you know, meet the man, even though it's on uh, over the airwaves or however you want to describe it. Uh, but I wanted to meet the man behind the insanity. Uh, Joey Janella has a reputation in the indie world of taking hellacious bumps. Uh, maybe you've seen a few of them. Maybe you've seen his matches. Maybe you had the uh, the opportunity to actually see him in person. Uh, but uh, you know he, he's taken these incredible bumps uh, since uh, over the you know ten plus years that he's been at this, and it, it's just incredible. Uh, so many, in fact, he inspired a documentary that's titled "Please Don't Die, Joey Janela." I'm not kidding. You can find it on YouTube. But as I uh, found out, there is definitely a method behind all his madness. Uh, joining us this time out is independent sensation and now an official member of the just-announced AEW roster, Joey Janela. Ding, ding, ding. Well, folks, you know, my guest this week can be described uh, a lot of ways, but overnight success is not one of them. For more than a decade, uh, he has worked from backyards to just about every independent outfit you could imagine, but it is all paying off now. I am pleased to welcome the bad boy, Joey Janela. Joey, uh, Thanks so much for uh, coming on Primetime. How are you? I'm, I'm great. Thanks for uh, having me on, Sean. Yeah. Uh, it was a crazy, crazy week last week, and, uh, you know, I'm just getting a chance to uh, <laughs> sleep a little bit. Yeah, well, and soak it all in. Uh, you know, folks, uh, of course, all Joey had to do was mention that. I mean, it kind of it rocked the world of professional wrestling. And uh, I had been uh, – I knew about this coming, you know, because I'm good friends with uh, all those folks with uh, Conrad and – and uh, Cody, and, and uh, after the success of All In, I knew something was coming. But uh, now everybody knows about All Elite Wrestling. Uh, they had a big rally uh, at the beginning of the year to announce the debut of All Elite Wrestling. And, uh, you know, and you're, you're going to be on this roster. So uh, tell me how this all came about, that uh, you were going to be included in this first class uh, of uh, – of the roster of AEW? Um, I think back right after my second spring break show, I hit up Matt Jackson and mm -hmm. I asked him where, where could I send uh, an eight by 10 and a VHS submission tape to be on the all in show, just yeah. joking around <laughs> uh, about, <laughs> about 10 minutes later, he hit me up and he said, you're on. Wow. Uh, so it was pretty, it was pretty, I was pretty shocked that uh, I was going to be a part of this all-in show. Um, yeah. And uh, fast forward to September. Well, let's not fast forward, though. Let's I mean, talk I, about that match, though. Uh, I mean... That's what I'm fast-forwarding. I'm yeah. fast-forwarding oh, okay, that okay. match. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were getting ahead to the announcement, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. we, Me and uh, Adam Page, we had a barn burner show stealer yeah. of a match at all-in. Um, you know, it was a wild one. And, um, you know... Uh, People still talk about that match on social media like every day. Yeah. Um, so we did something great, and um, they hit me up. They said they were gonna they were start starting this wrestling company, and I told them I was a hundred percent in. Um, my goal in wrestling was always a WWE, mm -hmm. but after All In, I realized there's more to do and there's more out there, and I rather, you know, I rather be a, a part of something. Uh, history-making, and uh, life-changing for a lot of people. You know, and going back to that All-In event, and I was there uh, for the event and uh, got to be a small part of it, but and also was part of StarCast. But I have to tell you, Joe, you know, uh, going there, I didn't really know what to expect because, uh, you know, my era uh, with the WWF and uh, the WWE was a really a different time. And I was, I really hadn't been around that world a lot and seen how the, you know, the independent world had just uh, kind of exploded with Cody and the Young Bucks. But I'll tell you, man, I was so impressed with that event. And there were so many great matches uh, at that, uh, yeah. at yes. All In. And for yours to stand out like that, uh, it had to be something. And like you said, people are still talking about it. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's, it's just amazing uh, how far you've come. <laughs> I want to, you know, yeah. and, and like I said, you were not an overnight success by any uh, stretch of the imagination. Um, and I know really it, it started in backyards, right? Yeah, basically it just started in friends' backyards. Um, 
I guess we were all inspired by the Hardy Boys and the ECWs and mm-hmm. jumping off ladders and makeshift tables out of whatever, the doors, <laughs> which is weird because we use doors now in indie wrestling. I was using doors in backyard wrestling. Head of your time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Oh. Cheaper than tables. But uh, yeah, anything that we could get our hands on, any materials, you know. We were just wrestling on trampolines, wrestling on makeshift rings, um, wrestling on ground. Jeez. <laughs> just, it was it was uh, you know, it was this it was the wild times. A lot of a lot of people were backyard wrestling. It was yeah, that was the height of it. It's a, it was on the Maury show. It was on Phil Donahue, whatever. Uh, <laughs> just uh, Ricky Lake. I, all those shows had a, a special about why your kids shouldn't do right anything. i was gonna say yeah, i was gonna say it was all about cautionary tale do not let your child yeah. do this <laughs> but um, i think every i think every tv primetime tv talk show had something about backyard wrestling around that time so uh yeah just doing that and uh started uh uh for some reason we ran into a guy um at a movie theater who was a local indie wrestler his name was dirtbag dan oh awesome who, uh, name was uh, yeah he was just a local guy uh we used to get a kick out of him going to see the local shows and uh we seen him at the movie theater and we said hey how can we get in professional wrestling and he said um hey i want to he goes i i hope you guys get into professional wrestling but i want to backyard wrestle <laughs> so it was kind of a weird i guess it was trading places but mm-hmm. he was already a backyard wrestler mm-hmm. and he was like um yeah uh he started back care wrestling with us and uh he started bringing me the shows and uh i would set up the ring uh do security during the shows whatever um clean up set up the chairs you know just just little things and paying my dues until i got in there and started lying and telling wrestling promoters that i was trained so you were just willing to do anything and before we we talk about really your your entrance into professional wrestling uh, you know, I'm fascinated by that backyard wrestling uh, period of time because, you know, they had people doing these events and they'd have, you know, some of them would have a couple hundred people, you know, at these things. Was it was it kind of this underground uh, where people were you know, trying out do each other with these, uh, you know, they videotape it and they you know pass these tapes around. And what, of course, the uh, social media wasn't as big. Uh, as it is now, but was there that kind of world out there? Was it this this culture of uh, backyard wrestling? Uh, uh, I wasn't that submerged in it. Uh, we we me and my friends backyard wrestled for each other. Basically, <laughs> um, we would do these do these events, yeah. dress up as different characters, and then afterwards, before we uh, went to a party or something, we'd all gather and and drink as underage teens. Um, and watch the, the, the backyard wrestling show we just did. Mm. And then later, this is even before MySpace because when I got MySpace, I started going and trying to find other backyard wrestling companies in my vicinity. And, uh, we would meet up with other backyard wrestlers. We'd wrestle for their backyard wrestling company. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd go somewhere else. We'd wrestle for another backyard wrestling company. That's basically what wrestlers do on the indies yeah but <laughs> so, was it pretty much for nothing i mean did they pay you no no <laughs> you're not getting paid this is <laughs> yeah this is fun we're we're yeah we're just doing it for fun yeah. you know we were just that much fans like mm-hmm. willing to fall through makeshift tables and mm-hmm. hit each other with chairs for just our own enjoyment mm-hmm. well and, i know uh, you were i know you were a fan of the the wwf uh in the early nineties and then really got into it later with the era of, you know, rock and, and, uh, and Steve Austin. Uh, and, and uh, obviously you wanted to be a wrestler, but it didn't, it doesn't sound like you were kind of following that mold of, of wrestling. I mean, it was, you, you, were you always more into that extreme, uh, you know, the stuff that you, you know, you talk about with the, with the tables and chairs, which uh, they had kind of started to reintroduce, uh, at, at that era of the WWE, but not anywhere near uh, to what some of the stuff that uh, you, you've gotten into. Uh, so what what was your focus then? I mean, did you look at it, I want to be just like The Rock or this just like uh, Stone Cold? 
Well, my favorite wrestler of all time is Stone Cold Steve Austin. So I always, I I always was a big fan of the WWF. I was always a fan of WCW, Mm -hmm. but the ECW and some of that craziness, some of the Japanese death matches that I would get from, uh, tape traders and whatnot, the, the videotapes, uh, compilations that tape traders would make. And then they would sell bootleg versions at wrestling, indie wrestling shows. I would pick those up and I'd be like, wow, this is mind blowing stuff. Uh, explosives, piranhas, scorpions, barbed wire, all, all of that nonsense. I was like, this is a different level. Alligators, like back in Japanese, uh, back in Japan in the nineties, deathmatch wrestling was really the wild west. Uh, it was really, really strange stuff, and yeah. uh, it really caught my eye. And so that's what you really wanted to do. I mean, it just—I <laughs> can't imagine. Uh, I mean, did you just have a very low threshold for pain, or you just wanted to see what you could do? I mean, what was, what drove you to do some of the things that you you've done? Well, I didn't really get into that, the deathmatch stuff until the last five years. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't do anything with barbed wire, thumbtacks, any glass. I haven't, I didn't do anything with any of that until the last five years. Yeah. Um, I just was trying to get my footing in the business and uh, was taking on different characters. And, uh, you know, when the opportunity arose for me to, do those matches i said why not because it's really what i grew up watching in my teens and uh i believe it's an art form it, mm-hmm. even though it gets completely destroyed on the internet by everybody mm-hmm. i believe it's a psychology of hardcore wrestling is 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 great and uh i don't consider myself a deathmatch wrestler i i consider even though some of my most famous bumps have taken place in deathmatch as i I consider myself an artist and, uh, you know, I'm definitely going to dabble in, uh, any type of style. And if you follow my career, I've done it all. Yeah. And did you see kind of, this is your, your way to get in, uh, because you, you say you weren't really, you know, formally trained. You didn't go to a school for a bunch of months. I know that later that, uh, you started going to, you know, seminars and that kind of thing. But, uh, did you see that this is, this is my way in. And you said, you know, you lied to promoters and would do whatever you had to do to get into the ring. Yeah, I just uh, just lied to the promoter. Promoters told them I was trained, and uh, some pro- promoters they would be like, uh, "Can you sell ten tickets for us? This is kind of in your area." Yeah, and I would go, "Yeah, yeah, good." I wouldn't sell the ten tickets, <laughs> but somehow I'm still, yeah. you know, I still sailed along. Just kept showing up uh, on that ship. Yeah, yeah, and setting up, and that the promoter, the one promoter, he was a carny New Jersey promoter, Dapper Johnny Falco. He's a legendary. But if it, he's they've done two documentaries about this guy and uh, Gino Moore. That's how legendary carnival promoters these guys are. Yeah. Um, one unfortunately passed away, Gino Moore. But this guy, he took a liking to me because the way I was and the way I didn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, he thought it was funny. It popped him, and eventually it led to me. He he lived a couple towns over, or the same town as me, and uh, he would just say, "Hey, why don't you take a? Why don't you come up?" come ride with me. Mm-hmm. So that's basically how, uh, I got in and started wrestling a full-time schedule. Cause these guys are running like 60 shows a year. So for an independent company wrestling that running that many shows a year, wrestling was, uh, a weekend thing. Yeah. But you know, Joey, it's amazing to me that, uh, you know, a lot of guys that want to get into the business, uh, and they may not be very big, but, you know, they're usually, even if they're 5'8", uh, they've got a little meat on their bones. And I've heard you say that when you started with this, you weighed like 120 pounds? Even less. Really? Because, <laughs> yeah, I think I, was, I think I was even maybe 110 pounds. Good Lord. Maybe it went up to maybe 130. Um, trying to think what... Definitely, I think uh, senior year of high school, I was wrestling almost every weekend. I was 150 pounds. Yeah. And were you just getting destroyed so, by these guys that you go up against? Because I imagine in most cases, they probably were a lot larger than you. Um, 
It depends. I the promotion I work for, the guys, you know, there was always the names that got brought in. I was never the guy who wrestled the names. Yeah. I was um I was the guy who wrestled the other ticket sellers and uh I was one of the good ticket sellers mm-hmm. and uh I could make I can make guys look semi passable and sometimes I couldn't, but that would be my, my spot until I wrestled until they I started getting things and they would make you wrestle the regional guy who was pretty decent, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that you can have a decent wrestling match. Cause all that crowd saw all night was garbage wrestling. And, and the guy who got released off WWF or, uh, Greg Valentine wrestling, uh, Tom Brandy, that's, that's what the crowd got. So sometimes I'd fill that slot of guy who can wrestling match. Yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, that, did, that was the New Jersey Carney Indies. Yeah. And, and what did you do? Because uh, I can't imagine at this point that you really had a, a an idea of what was going on in the ring for a while. But, I mean, something must have caught on. Uh, what was it that, that got you over through that, that period of time when you really didn't know what you were doing? Um, I guess just uh, charisma. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I had the I had the basics down, and uh, you know, I would do some cool stuff. I was a lot more athletic then than I was now, mm-hmm. and I can do I can do a lot of the crazy flips. I can do the shooting stars. I can do the springboard moonsaults to the outside into the third row, and I, I kind of blew my load with all that back then because mm-hmm. I do it anymore. Um. Because I'm, I guess I'm older now, but I never, I kind of grew out of that. So between that and my charisma and, you know, you know uh, dressing me up sometimes in a monkey costume, uh, and a, a monkey gimmick, uh, that was, you know, it was just weird stuff, weird times. Uh, and then, uh, and uh, wrestling will never be like that ever again. Yeah, no, really? Uh, yeah, I guess it has evolved, but, um, you know, back then, and now you call it controlled chaos, but I uh, imagine when you were first doing this and you were just coming up with a lot of these bumps, uh, you must, it had to have taken a toll on your body. And at what point did you start really uh, figuring out how to make these in, in as, as much as it could be safe for your body so that you didn't uh, suffer a, a severe injury? Uh, probably the last five years, I guess. Like I've before that, it was just all, all balls out. You just just did it. No, I knew how to protect myself with all stuff. Um, I don't know how. I've, I've been wrestling for thirteen years yeah. almost now, and uh, I've only had one injury, which was my knee injury. So that kind of shows you with all the bumps. If I showed you every single bump in a row, yeah, for, and sat you down, you would think I was dead. But mm. I only suffered one injury, and. Um, you know, a couple concussions, but people that do a technical wrestling style or strong style, they get concussions as well. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just part of our business. That's a part of sports. That's part of being an athlete. So, yeah, you really can't say if my style is more dangerous than the next guy's because my track record speaks for itself. Yeah. But how, how about when you're working with these other guys uh, that you, you also have to depend on them? Uh, to protect you or yeah. to take that bump right. I mean, were there uh, many situations where you had a guy that really uh, maybe shouldn't have been doing that with you, but uh, somehow it didn't happen? No, really. I think everyone's pretty professional. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of people, a lot of guys trust me. So if um, if I have an idea and I want to do something, then uh, they'll probably just go with me. Um, it's rarely... It's a rare situation if they don't, um, and it's not because they're scared of what is going to happen. They're just it just doesn't fit into the story we're trying to tell. But usually now it's pretty. Whenever I wrestle, if I want to do something wild, they're usually pretty down for it. And yeah. uh, you know, I have a good track record. You know, and uh, you know, it's just uh, it's just the way I wrestle. And uh, but I can wrestle any type of way. But if I want to get crazy, I'm going to get crazy. Well, you know, and, and uh, along this journey, um, and I I'd imagine that uh, there was a long time where, you know, you, you were making all these towns and just working for these independent outfits and not making, I, I can't even imagine the kind of money you were making. Uh, but when did it start to really change? And was it with, uh, so I know you credit social media for a lot of uh, 
your success and notoriety now from, uh, you know, but when did you start to see that change? Um, like maybe two years ago, which is crazy. Um, because I was really, I was still doing free shows two years ago sometimes just hmm. because I wanted to wrestle. Like that's legitimate. I was doing free shows. I was traveling two hours to a free show on Wednesdays just because I wanted to wrestle, you know, and that was like two years ago. And, uh, that's pretty wild to think about. And most of my, most of my career, I made 25 to $60. Wow. There was no, there was no merchandise. Yeah. There was none of that. Yeah. There was uh bring a couple eight by tens that you printed at Staples and hope that they sell. You know, there was none of that. And, uh, so probably about two years ago is when I started, you know, realizing people were telling the other name workers were telling me to up my price and get more money and stop killing myself for the little money that I've received. And, uh, you know, things, and I'm still, I'm still to this day up until my injury, I was still one of the most humbly paid guys on the Indies. There's guys that don't do shit and do the same match in every town and get paid 800, 600 to $800. Mm -hmm. And, I every time I come to a different town, I do something different. And uh, seriously, I my my rate wasn't that high, mm. you know. And and that's why I was getting used. Uh, maybe a year and a half ago, that's why I was getting used in every indie promotion all over the place because I'm very humble. And you know, I do have my merch and I do well on that. But you know, it's just uh, I was making money. I was making more money than I was delivering pizzas. Yeah. So I was ha I was happy with that. You know? <laughs> I was happy with what I was making. Well, uh, you know, you're, you're certainly really well known, and 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 it it did get you a tremendous amount of notice. Was that uh, the plunge off the roof with uh, Zandig uh, Mondo? And uh, going into that, you know, people are, are probably think, yeah, he planned this. He, he thought if he did this, it was going to help his career. But that isn't the way it happened, right? <laughs> no, it was just um, – his name is just Zandig. Mond Mondo was the guy he originally threw off the roof in 2003. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> That's all good. But, uh, yeah, no, he was just a, a, a character. He owned Combat Zone Wrestling back in the day. Shows I used to go to, shows I used to get tapes of. And this guy Zandig was this big pot belly guy, kind of uh, jacked up, uh, but looked like a classic bodybuilding, uh, powerlifting build. And um, he's an old guy now, but back in the day, he was he was cool. He would throw guys off buildings through fire and just reckless, just reckless nonsense that we all like to watch. So when he came on to social media, no one believed it was him. Mm. But right off the bat, I started saying, hell, you won't throw me off the building. But, uh, yeah, it was the real guy. And uh, So he, but he, dis he, he disappeared for a long for a period of time because, obviously, I, didn't, I don't know about him. And <laughs> so, yeah. but, but he was, you know, he's kind of this underworld independent guy and then disappeared? Yeah, he kind of disappeared for about eight years. Uh, why, from he injury? Or? Huh? No, I just think he was done. He sold CZW, uh, uh -huh. um, and he was just done. He has young kids, and uh, he was a foreman of a construction company, and uh, I just wanted to get away from the business. Uh -huh. you know? And uh, CZW was the – they're the ones that started the really, really crazy nonsense in wrestling, and that guy was the guy who started it. <laughs> so he was gone for like eight years, and when he appeared on Facebook, everyone – was uh, laughing and saying, oh, that's not him. That's some guy runs it for him or some guy's pretending to be him. But it was him. And uh, he started asking around who I was and why I kept like, calling him out. And he decided he wanted to uh, do a show with Game Changer Wrestling, which was the, up the upstart company I'm now very a part of. Mm -hmm. And um, he wanted to do a, a themed show based off one of the deathmatch tournaments he did in CW in the early 2000s and he wanted to bring that back so uh that was it he was coming to wrestle me and uh i knew i was getting thrown off something but i didn't know if i, I was getting thrown off that mm -hmm. roof you know uh 
So it, it was a, showing up at that building that day. He said, come around back. I'm going to show you where you're going to go off of. It was, it was just like, all right, you got to do it now. You know, that was my, <sighs> you're not going to say no. Are you on the ground looking up or up on top of this thing looking down? <laughs> I went. I, no, I went on the. Gr- I first I was on the ground. He showed me where I was going to fall into. Yeah. Um, he showed me the truck. The 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 reason it was in the back of the pickup truck is because the shock, uh, the springs on the the truck, um, would break or fall much like a, a wrestling ring, which mm-hmm. he was. He was a hundred percent right about that actually to be honest he yeah. it felt like flipping off a building into a wrestling ring uh a hard one but a wrestling yeah ring um so yeah he was showing me how he's gonna fall and there was a lot of stuff a part of the, the 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 bump that i agreed i didn't agree to take uh before i said i want to do this i want to do that but when i got there i was talked into it and uh i said okay let's do it and uh I thought it was off the lower roof, and then he said, "Come on, we're gonna go go up." Mm. And it was on into the it was the very top roof of this uh, warehouse. Jesus. And um, you know, we did the match. The match was great. Yeah. Uh, this guy looked the best he's looked in like fifteen years. I'm doing a great job of uh, you know doing this match with them and the crowds into it, and uh, and we go to the spot and. You know, we go up and he lifts me up and it's just like, uh, all right. I close my eyes and when I open them, it was, <laughs> we were in a back of a truck yeah. um, in a pile of glass and barbed wire. And uh, I opened my eyes. As soon as I opened my eyes, a bunch of light bulbs that popped off the truck due to the spring came crashing down on my face and spin out glass and Ugh. this guy was saying his back was broken and uh Ugh. i couldn't see anything because the dust i didn't think i was that hurt i was like wow i survived this and this is all right this is very wild it was a very wild thing to do and uh i looked at my hand and my my thumb was squirting blood all over the place <laughs> wow and uh it was really it was a really crazy moment because the entire staff ran over and I was like, my thumb is hanging off, and this guy's saying his back is broken. But yeah, when we came out of that truck, that crowd was they 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 lost it. And, oh yeah, uh, yeah. It was really people say it's in front of thirty people. There was a good five hundred people there. It was the most hardcore wrestling fans from uh, the present and uh, past, from the days of CZW over there, and uh, it really was a special moment. Even though my thumb was hanging off, and I didn't go right to the hospital you know i hung around there for about another four hours i just taped it up and drank about six beers and then, then decided to go to the hospital wow so that's that's just amazing that was and, that. yeah and, but uh you know what's really surreal is because of course there, there's a lot of people that you know have this uh their their phone cam you know out and videotaping it and uh right after it's over and you, you just mentioned to the two of you are in the back of this pickup truck and you're kind of both kind of looking around and you see the two of you. And, uh, I think you know, kind of, you look at your thumb and you kind of like, what the, and then that guy, you know, it's obviously he's in pain. And then there's like barbed wire is just stuck to your back. I mean, as you move it, I mean, it just looks like it's just glued to you. Yeah. Uh, and what was stuck th- in my hair really bad? Oh man. I mean. Uh, no one ever, there's no way you can top that bump. There's, I don't know how anybody could do anything. I, I, you know, you look at that and even, uh, you know, that hell in a cell with, with Mick Foley doesn't compare, uh, <laughs> as far as what could have gone wrong. You look at that truck and it had those well, metal bars on the side. Uh, your yeah, head could oh, have yeah. hit that and you would, I mean, yeah. What did I you, I was very close. Yeah. The way I came down, I came down kind of sideways. If you look at the video, and uh, I turned kind of uh, horizontal, and uh, I came pretty close, smacked my head on that bar. You know, that would have been it for me. But, you know, I'm not going to, if I had a time machine, I wouldn't go back back in the past and change anything because it's kind of made me who I am. Um, But yeah, he broke 
because the truck was too close and he had to pencil dive in to save me from right. landing through the windshield. Um, so he he broke his back and now he walks with a cane apparently. Really? People see him around Walmart. They people see him around Walmart and stuff and they say he walks around with a cane and uh Jeez. You know, I guess it's like it's like a I don't know, it's like a scene out of a comic book, you know then. Yeah, it is. It's, it's surreal to very, watch. It is. It really is just amazing. Uh, but what what did you take away from that, though, Joey? Uh, as far as you know, as uh, Steve Austin has said many times, you only have so many bump cards. Did you say, you know what? Uh, did you reassess on on doing these things, or what? How did you walk away from it? No, I <laughs> the it was crazy. It became one of the most viral wrestling videos yeah. of all time. Yeah. Uh, ESPN on, had it, it was on ESPN. Yeah, like, the next day, yeah. I was laid up in my bed the next day, and someone called me and said, "You're on ESPN right now," which was kind of crazy at that time. Like, uh, stuff didn't really happen like that. Mm-hmm. It was on uh, everything, Fox News, everything yeah. um, that week, and it just millions and millions of views. And I kind of liked the attention, even though some of the backlash was just as you know, just as bad, yeah. you know, uh, but I didn't care. Uh, I did it. I survived it. It was cool. Um, maybe look like a, uh, star. <laughs> I wasn't dead. So yeah. I took everything from it. And, uh, you know, as soon as I came back, I was only a three month recovery. I did something just as crazy without the fire and the glass and stuff. But, yeah. That was my first match back, and people thought, oh, wow, he, he's really trying to kill himself. Well, there is a documentary, Please Don't Die, Joy Danella. <laughs> so yeah, I guess that makes sense. But um, that, that uh, you know, the, I don't want to encourage anybody at home who wants to get into the business to try something like that uh, because, as Joey said, I mean, it was as crazy as it looked. They did try and prepare to, to be safe with it. But how did it? help your career uh you said you had the layoff of three months were you hearing from all kinds of promoters that wanted you to uh, come work for them i mean how did it help you uh things started to just pick up uh here for promoters um but a lot of people a lot of people that didn't know my name yet thought i was just some kind of they would say garbage wrestling and Mm. just um i had to really prove myself and really had to step my game up uh, in every aspect of um, this business. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I, I've the last couple of years I've wrestled every big-name independent wrestler who's moved on, who's come back, uh, guys from the 90s. I've hung with them all. I've, I've never... I, I, I've never mailed it in. I've never said I was going to take an easier route, Mm -hmm. but I've wrestled every style. I've wrestled invisible men. (laughs) I had 30 matches with invisible men in Blackpool, England of all places was one of the matches that took place against me and the invisible man. And in a historic wrestling venue in front of Blackpool wrestling fans, um, who all stood on their feet after the match and applauded because they thought it was wonderful. Um, yeah, you yeah, know, with those I, matches, Joey, uh, and since you mentioned it, I'll mention it a little bit later, but, uh, you know, it's interesting when you watch those because when you first come out and people are like, what the F, you know, and uh, even though they know it's whatever's coming, but uh, it's interesting to see, and maybe you can explain it better, how how these th- how it starts out, and by the end of it, you know, you've got the crowd involved, you know, where the guy comes out and they all go fall back in their seats, and... Uh, it's, it's, it's great to see how it hit the, the process of that match. And then, like you said, at the end of it, people are just <laughs> cheering. Uh, yeah. So how, how did you come with that? How did that concept come up and then to pull it off? Because, you know, it's not a little three minute little match. It goes on. Yeah. Uh, I just, uh, I told some guy, I kept on making jokes say I was going to come yeah. to his show and rest the invisible man. Yeah. And he said, no, come. I said, I'm going to come. You're going to, I'm going to wrestle the invisible man. And then just a little dojo shows at the CCW dojo back then. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I'm going to wrestle him and, uh, we did it. And then like the local buzz 
for that match. Or like, oh, Joey Janela just did a 30-minute match with the Invisible Man. And then it turned out, like, I started touring with this match. And I they wanted me to do it in England at the Blackpool. And they wanted me to do it at the ICP Gathering the Juggalos. Yeah. And then <clears throat> it's just... Uh, you know, it's just me wrestling myself, and uh, <laughs> it's just, I, it's like, uh, it's a challenge. It's a challenge for me uh, to really just uh, express my art. And uh, yeah. if you can get a crowd up at the end of a, a match with you wrestling for your, wrestling with yourself for thirty minutes, looking like an idiot to anyone outside that box, um, man, you did something right. Um, I think it's a whole different level of working. People call it stupid, but uh, Jim, Jim Cornette couldn't go in there and wrestle yeah. Invisible Man for 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so. That's very true. Well, and I've got to tell you, the one the one I, I watch, and then you lose, which was just perfect. I think <laughs> I lost every time. I think I put him up every time. He's yeah. an asshole. You put him over, yeah. Every time. Oh, no, he, no, he won't job. He won't job. That's no, why. Damn, he's, you know. These guys, you know, they won't work, but that's yeah. that's really awesome. Uh, you know, your your evolution though has really been uh, fun to watch here. And and uh, uh, you you know you mentioned that uh, you've kind of learned along the way uh, at, at the beginning. And I know that you you've talked about you lo- you lost your father when you were very young. And I, I just I wondered how much was that early on? You know, the 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 real. You, I mean, you were a bad boy. Uh, you know, even. Along that, I just wonder how much that maybe that inner anger. I lost my father when I was eighteen, and I just remember then I was a little older, but I was screwed up for a while. Um, was that a lot of the early beginning that you that you channeled that anger, and I don't know, uh, kind of, I don't know what you'd call it, but uh, I don't know, a self hate or something that people, you know, that drive them. But what was, how did that uh, figure into your wrestling? I, I was before. Before my father passed, I was bad. I was a bad child. Yeah. Uh, with the room, the going to the psychologists, and then trying to put me on meds because I was getting suspended from school. My parents always had to come pick me. You know, but from there, when my father passed, I think, you know, still, you know, it was just really, you know, I was just one of those kids, and. uh you know, I think wrestling really, wrestling really, getting into wrestling around 15 years old mm-hmm. really, really helped me because around 15, 16, 17, even though I still, yes, I, I got arrested and whatnot and we're getting fights with cops or getting at the movie theater or the cops trumped to my house every other day, you know, at least I had wrestling, you know, as a goal mm-hmm. to put my, um, put my mind to and you know and i knew the more that i wrestled and the more i did it that the more i would stay out of trouble yeah so in many ways it saved you oh of course mm. of course i was never a guy i never was somebody who did drugs or there's those people in high school those bad kids that do drugs and do whatever i was a drinker i'd go to parties and stuff but i was never selling drugs or doing that it was always stupid really stupid stuff yeah Uh, but uh yeah it was just stupid stuff and yeah i definitely would have got myself in trouble eventually pretty bad just from doing stupid stuff uh you know but uh yeah wrestling definitely helped me out a lot well, you know, and it's uh, it's ironic that, you know, all these things that you've done, uh, you know, prior leading up to this, and even after you went off the roof, uh, that it's ironic that, you know, you, and you're still rehabbing your knee, that uh, at a show in September, a GCW show, uh, you're coming off a turnbuckle, which is, you know, onto a cement floor, which is not, a you know, it's certainly a risky move, but considering, you know, the other things that you've done, you just land wrong. Did you? Do you find that like yeah. uh, kind of comical in a sense that you know of all the things I've done, this is the one that gets me? Well, yeah, this summer, but this last summer, I've this is the hardest I've ever went yeah. um, as a wrestler. I actually, I think it's in June. I blew out my knee, that knee too, as well. Oh, uh, really? I think it was damaged already. 
I was oh. wrestling Walter at Beyond Wrestling. I did a moonsault to the floor, mm-hmm. and I couldn't walk for a week because uh, my knee was so swollen. Um, I think that had something to do with it, and I just kept on going and going and going. And then the week before that at PWG, I broke my right foot. So when I went to jump with my left and the catch wasn't that good, but I went to jump the next week, my, the catch wasn't that good, and I planted with my left foot, and my knee just gave out, and that was it. Yeah. And it, you didn't just tear your MCL, or your, you did a real good job with it. I mean, everything, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. My MCL was completely disintegrated. They said, mm. which was wild. He said it was the worst one he's ever seen. Um, the PCL they thought was also pretty bad, but when they went in microscopically, they realized that it was still connected by about twelve percent. Mm-hmm. Which in PCL that in PCL. Uh, world that means that uh, it can heal on its own somewhat. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't always heal on its own, but uh, there could be some deformities when it does heal with my knee sitting in certain directions and whatnot. But uh, I decided you know, to hold off on that and let that uh, let that heal on its own. And the, the MCL is bad enough when you have to get that surgery done. Um, but yeah, it was a pretty it was a pretty brutal injury. And you think what you're going to be another cu- couple three months? A few months, four months. I think I I I'll get a better uh, better um, idea about it probably in that, the beginning of next month. Mm-hmm. Um, I was way before I was way behind the schedule on uh, rehab. Uh, my knees just wasn't bending. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, now I think I'm right up to par where, to where I should be, uh, right after this phone call, I'm going to go there right now and see where we're at because I had to take the whole week off. Yeah. So let's hope, let's cross our fingers and hope that, uh, everything's looking good. So, yeah. uh, yeah, it's just the first, it's really the first injury I've suffered besides the thumb. The thumb is only three months. This is a, this is a big injury. You know, it's, uh, really, um. Injuries really mess with you, and yeah. uh, this one is this one is a this one is a uh, uh, a bad one. Yeah, absolutely. But you got a lot uh, uh, ahead of you uh, with uh, AEW, and and uh, I know it's probably been tough for you to sit at home uh, and have and not being able to get into the ring. But you're one of the guys out there, and uh, you know people like Cody and and the Young Bucks and Marty and all that they they. Uh, there's this generation of of uh, guys that are really social media savvy, and uh, you're certainly one of them. And how big of a, a part of your success uh, to this point do you credit? You know, Twitter, and uh, uh, you have a huge following, and uh, these other social platforms. How much have they helped you? Uh, Twitter is just that's like it's really it's really what kind of helped me get my name out there after that roof thing. Um, cause it gave me a platform for me to, for me to express myself and, uh, say whatever I wanted to say. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people these days in professional wrestling, they'd like to walk on eggshells mm-hmm. because the landscape has, the landscape has changed of wrestling. It's more of a PG product now, the WWE. Mm-hmm. So people have to watch what they say. Uh, the climate outside of just wrestling in general the climate of life the president uses social media mm. uh to air himself out which you know it's just it's just wild stuff some of this it's just everything has changed due to twitter due to instagram um and who knows i don't even know where you can go next in society after this uh, uh they always find a way you know they always find a new platform but you know, it's just um, social media definitely changed the way I marketed myself, um, got bookings, um, just everything, uh, content, um, everything. Um, it, it's really, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, my wrestling shows with GCW Spring Break, they became successes overnight due to Twitter, due to social media. Um, 
you know, it's just, uh, and now those shows are selling out at four minutes. Yeah. It's just, uh, social media. It's just, uh, I think that's number one. I think wrestlers, they should, uh, use it to their fullest. Uh, even my manager, uh, uh, and, um, one of my best friends, you know, Penelope Ford, I tell her she got to use social media. Yeah, you mentioned, you mentioned your spring break events and, uh, this is another thing that I really love seeing happen. Uh, with the independent guys, with the, with you guys is that you really have taken control of your own destinies. Uh, yeah. you're, you're in charge of your own merchandise. That's all yours. Uh, you know, you, you've got this intimate connection to your fans, which I think in some ways that the, 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 the WWE is missing that you guys, whether you, it was a purposeful or it just was this magic that happened. But, uh, you know, your spring break events are a classic example of that. And, uh, yeah. Was it just something you like? Uh, you seem like you've always walked your own drum here. Uh, was that just part of you? Like, say, hey, you know what? I'll just have my own event. No, it was. Uh, it was the guys. It was uh, Brett Lauderdale. He's the owner of GCW, yeah. and John Carlo. Uh, they got offered a slot on a a deal uh, during WrestleMania weekend, and he uh, thought, "How can we make this work?" And my social media, you know, at that time was developing. He following, so they said, let's just call it Joey Janela something and have some wild party show at midnight mania weekend and see how it does. Uh, we didn't think it was going to do that good, but it's just, you know, I tell all the I tell all the new wrestlers that ask me, they always ask me advice. Uh, you know, what can I do to get my name out there? And I just say social media. Like I said, uh, Penelope Ford, she she could have. 500,000 followers right now, but she, I, I feel like she doesn't post on social media enough, but it's just, uh, it's just something like you got to post on social media. I'm on my phone. I'm addicted to social media. I think now, uh-huh. and, and, uh, when I'm out to eat, when I'm doing something, I'm always on my phone and to people on the outside, it looks like that I'm, uh, engulfed in this world and this, uh, into this, digital vortex frowned upon but but in in my mind i'm just doing my business yeah i was gonna say Uh, it's part of your business now this is my business Mm -hmm. uh my job 24 7 is to uh you go on the internet you know figure out ways to engage people and uh that's it. That's my job now. I, I deliver pizzas. I did this. I did that. Now my job is my job in wrestling. My my job is wrestling, of course. But in all reality, my job is to engage people and uh, on social media. Well, you know, you're this your uh, third one now. There's uh, Joey Janela's the Spring Break Three is taking place April fifth. Joey, there's a bunch of sites. What is the best one for people if they want to get tickets for it? Where, where, where's the best place to go? Well, it's gone now. The tickets are gone. They sold out in four minutes. Oh, or, man. We had, we had, we had to add, you can't go. We had to add a second <laughs> show. We added a second show, and that sold out just That's as good. fast. Wow. So how many people are we talking about? I mean, is it how many thousand? Uh, it's probably about 800. It's going to be a smaller, intimate show. You need a bigger but, building, dude. Yeah, but <laughs> now we're like – we're thinking we added a second show. Yeah. So, you know, with everything that's going on WrestleMania weekend, you know, it's, it's gotten crazy over the last couple of years. Yeah. Uh, there's so many events now. There's so much craziness. Let's keep it at 800 people this year. Uh, we do great on fight TV, the buy rate, right. uh, the, they, they, they couldn't, I was talking to the owner of fight TV the other day, uh, down in Jacksonville. He was there for the, the press conference and he was saying he couldn't believe when we started putting the shows on his platform on how well they did. Yeah, um, and now they're even doing better than impact wrestling, Jeez. Uh, which is crazy. They have TV and whatnot. Our, our pay-per-views are doing uh, numbers either right along with what they're doing or better, um, yeah. which is, is pretty wild because we're just independent guys and uh, we're doing this all on our own. You know, uh, we don't have TV. Um, you know, we, don't have you know a lot of the resources they have but 
you know, 800 people selling out in four minutes. I'm happy with that. And the shows are going to be extra special. Yeah. And, uh, and, and let's talk about the, your new adventure again here with, uh, with AEW. And, uh, I don't know, you, you've said, I don't think you've ever had like a formal contract. Is this going to be, uh, a much better, uh, situation for you? Are you going to be able to do some of these other independents? Are you just going to be devoted to AEW? What's ahead for you? Well, I, I um, when they offered me a contract, I, I've never signed a contract in my career. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I always wanted to sign a contract that was going to be worthwhile. And for me to sign that piece of paper last week, that uh, was, um, was, was really, was really great for me. And uh, because it shows all the hard work I've been through and all the ups and downs that I made it in wrestling, that I was offered a, a big money contract for the first time in my life. And I, I don't have to look in the past and say, well, what if I don't make money? What if I get hurt? What if this, mm-hmm. I, that I have to go back to delivering pizzas or driving for Uber that I realized that, wow, I, I did something and I, I'm proud of it. And, uh, you know, it, it, to me, it's kind of like graduating from law school or something. You know, if you put all your time and energy into becoming a lawyer and you go to law school and after those eight years, yeah, you get that job as a as a lawyer in a firm that you've done it. Yeah, you know, you, all your you hard paid work. paid your dues, yeah. And I hope you can get out of the attic this, this, now, that, Joey. Uh, I yeah. hope you're not oh, yeah. <laughs> get yourself <laughs> a nice house. You deserve yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, no, it, I, 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 I humbly live. I, I tell people uh, I'm not a superstar. I tell people, I was, listen, I still live with my mom. You know? <laughs> I, I'm on the road a lot yeah. now, but I still, live, I, I still live with my mom. I, I, I don't have a bank account. I put all my money in a, uh, the top drawer of a uh, – Oh, boy. <laughs> keep it there there's my bank all right yeah you know, but uh, uh things got things are gonna have to change here joey because uh you're about ready to take the to the next level and i could not that's it could not be happier for you because man uh uh everything everybody's told me about you is that you're you're a great guy and uh you deserve it well joe i think you've added a few fans today with my listeners here on the podcast uh how can they follow you what's the uh, best way for them to uh, be able to get in touch with you if they wanted to uh, you can find me on Twitter at Janella Baby, and on Instagram you can find me at the Bad Boy Joey Janella. Pretty easy. Um, and yeah, uh, that's it. Don't add me on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Go get your, go get your knee fixed. I can't wait to see what you've got coming next. Uh, thank you so much for coming on Prime Time. Thank you, Sean. I appreciate it.